Hello, this is Layla. And this is Leah. Welcome to Breast Cancer Unleashed. Everything you need to know about breast cancer, but are too embarrassed to ask. Where we unleash about ridiculous and hard to share subjects with top experts, where nothing is out of bounds and every topic is appropriate. So today we are talking about the woman's flower, the vagina. Flower. <laughs> the vagina. I, ha- I was talking to a friend of mine who is also post breast cancer surgery. She's opted not to do any other treatment post surgery because of some personal reasons, but she actually literally told me that her vagina stopped working last week. And I thought that was the funniest thing. Is that time um, stamped? Like, exactly. hey, 35 factory shut down. There is no longer moisture. <laughs> I know you love that word, moist. What is with that word? Moist, moisture. Why does it sound so bad? And why do people not want to say it? Listen, when I'm baking a cake and I'm talking with my friends, and I'm trying to describe it like, Leah, how was it? Oh, man, that's the first thing I want to say. It was so moist. But yet I stop and I choose something else. Why? I'm only talking about a cake. I haven't even talked about my vagina yet. But I have a feeling we're going to use the word moist. Quite a a bit. At least least it's not the word canker because that's (laughs) my least favorite word. But yeah, you know, when you're going through breast cancer, it's really, really challenging. And, you know, we're focusing a few of our podcasts on sex and the challenges that come with it. And vaginal dryness is huge. And, you know, one word that comes to mind is not just pain, but it's also nails screeching across a chalkboard when you try and have intercourse. That is the sound that I imagine during the actual attempting of intercourse when you have no estrogen or you are going through breast cancer because of hormone changes. Burning, fire, and discomfort. That's what I think of truly. And then when you experience that, what happens? You kind of want to do it less and less because it hurts so much. So we'll hear from the experts and they can help us get through that. But, you know, all I can say is, thank goodness you don't have a moist canker. Yeah, that would be disgusting. And, you know, our upcoming interview with Dr. Stephanie Bueller is is really pretty fantastic. And there's four different areas that she talks about ways to really help with vaginal dryness and with the actual physiology of the vagina and moisture, moist, moist, making the vagina more moist, things that we didn't even know about. And it's really, really fascinating. So let's take it to the experts. We are excited to be speaking today with Dr. Stephanie Bueller, licensed psychologist, certified sex therapist, who specializes in working with patients with breast and ovarian cancer. Dr. Bueller is also the author of several books, and we are just excited to be chatting here with you today. So thank you, Dr. Bueller, for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me here. This one may my star things to talk about working with breast cancer survivors. So Dr. Bueller, this is actually our second conversation with you. And our first one was so incredibly informative, really talking about some of the challenges with sex. And we really wanted to take one whole show that we were working on today to talk about, how should we say it? The vagina Um, uh, (laughs) and the issues that are really present when you're going through breast cancer with things like vaginal dryness. And I know you're going to enlighten us on all of the other things that come up. I can tell you, and we kind of talked a little bit about it last time, but the first time that my husband and I had intercourse, it was incredible. I was shocked. It was a shocking experience. 
thank God he was gentle. So I know that I'm not alone. I know that Leah has probably experienced the same sorts of things. So, you know, what is the first thing that comes up when we're talking about the vagina and, and treatment and breast cancer? Like, so, you know, so many things can affect uh, the vagina and how it functions. Natural lubrication occurs with blood flow. So that's very important, but it also is facilitated by having enough estrogen. And when you take a medication like tamoxifen and you're going into automatic menopause, guess what? You don't have estrogen to keep those tissues nice and moist and pliable and stretchy the way that they're supposed to be. So you have to use artificial means to get lubrication. And why women are not told that this is a possibility, I have no idea. Because if you go through natural menopause, such you know, I went through natural menopause, and you just notice gradually over time, like, hmm, like things are not the way they used to be. So it seems like it's time to use lube. But when you have something happening suddenly, it can really take you by surprise. So women will have a painful experience. You are fortunate that you had a husband who you felt you could say, you know what, this is not feeling good, please stop. You know, we need to do some, maybe something else or take a different approach or get some lube or, you know, it sounds a little different than that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of screaming shit, man. I mean, that, that that shit dries up fast. It's like, yeah, it does. And it's like a dark hole and they talk about the ring of fire during pregnancy. No, this this is the ring of fire during sex and it hurts. And like the physicians, it, was like, they, it was like he was putting a tree into. Ow. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I, I did that thinking, far, but okay. I was thinking sandpaper. <laughs> I was like sandpaper. sandpaper. Yeah, and it's what's interesting, so uncomfortable. Well, you mentioned this, but it's. I think as women, as we're going through the process, the physician, in my experience, when I've talked to others, they mention it as a possible side effect but they don't dive into it and they don't offer solutions. It's kind of like what you see on TV when you hear a TV commercial for a medication. You may experience the following. And And so they say, you may experience the following, vaginal dryness, and they continue. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And what do we do about it? And what are some practical solutions to help women who are suffering in that area? Right. So I think, you know what? I know you're going to have healthcare providers listening and I do train healthcare providers, how to counsel women and men as well, uh, cancer survivors. And it would be good, you know, like you said, they mentioned all the side effects, but to say, if you have a problem with any of those things, please let me know so that I can offer solutions. So what are some solutions? Well, kind of going in order of let's call it invasiveness, you know? So just trying a lubricant, just a vaginal lubricant, that is a whole topic onto itself. Sometimes people are upset by the idea of having to use a lubricant. Like, what do you mean that I have to do something different? 
in order to have intercourse. It's like, yes, this is part of your new normal is incorporating the use of a lubricant into your sexual activity. And it should be used liberally on yourself and on your partner, both. A poor lubricant is actually, and maybe I'll get sued by KY, but KY, just the kind that comes in a tube, not great. That, you know, it's fine for like an exam with a speculum where the, you know, the, the speculum is only going to go in and then it's going to come out. So that's fine. But for intercourse, which lasts longer, <laughs> you want something that is also going to last longer. So something that is so water-based like KY, not great. It's going to just dry up very quickly and you're going to have to reapply it maybe even several times. So using a lubricant that is made for intercourse is a good idea. And there are different ones on the market. You know, as a psychologist, I actually don't recommend use this one or use that one, but there are water-based lubricants. And again, they have to be reapplied. And then there are silicone-based lubricants. Those are just like you know, WD-40, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it, but it's made for vaginal use. And those silicone lubricants are very slick. You don't need a lot, you just need a little, and they're very slick and make intercourse comfortable. Some people don't like silicone lubricants because they're kind of, they can be kind of hard to wash off or they don't like the the feeling of them, or there's some other objection. Fine. So then use a water-based lubricant. And, you know, there's, there's different ones like Sliquid or Slippery Stuff or, um, you know, right? And then the silicone, there's Uber Lube. <laughs> Uber Lube is pretty well known for that. So I'm just throwing out a couple of brands, but there are also hybrid lubricants, that have the qualities of both. So like, you know, Astroglide, I mean, that's one. They have like all different kinds. What you want to avoid is anything that is flavored, you know, like, okay. I, you know, because they have ingredients in them that can be irritating, cause problems. And you don't want anything that like says helps with arousal, which may sound great, but they often have ingredients in them that may cause burning, you know, you're already burning. So you don't want, <laughs> you want to read that. Right. And there's a third possibility. And this one, like for a while, everybody was getting crazy about using coconut oil, but you can use coconut oil or vegetable oil. You can use, you know, olive oil or almond oil, but I have seen some concerns about bacterial growth from using oil and that it may be difficult for the vagina to kind of cleanse itself when you use an oil. So I'm just giving you a caution there. But on the other hand, some people really like going to Trader Joe's and getting extra virgin coconut oil and using that. What's the best lubricant? It's the one that you like and that you will use consistently. <laughs> I never realized there were so many different types. Sounds like I need to 
spend a little bit more time in the lubrication aisle. At, yes, uh, definitely. At and, and what I recommended to mm. uh, when I was seeing clients, what I would recommend is going to, we happen to have a very nice uh, shop in our area. It was woman owned, uh, which was really cool. And they had very knowledgeable people working there. I would send them over there so that they could get themselves educated about the different kinds and even get some samples that they could try. So that would be, I think, ideal if you're someplace that has, you know, a large metropolitan area usually has a few sex toy shops. Look online on Yelp, <laughs> look on Yelp and see what people say about them and then go in and just say, you know, that I'm having pro- lots of problems with dryness. Could you please tell me about the different lubes? So that would be number one. Number two is like you said, you can go to the aisle. Major drugstore chains carry lots of different kinds of lubricants now and just get like a bottle of each different kind and try them out, see what you like. So, so that would be number one. Okay, so from invasive, moving along then. Yes, moving along. And this is something I would talk with your physician about, would be using a vaginal moisturizer. So these are things, you know, I don't get, by the way, I get nothing from mentioning any kind of product and doesn't mean I am endorsing anything. I'm just giving an example. Replens would be an example of an over-the-counter vaginal moisturizer. And that is applied. I think you apply it more frequently at first, and it helps the vagina start to produce its own moisture. And, you know, it's supposed to just keep everything moisture 24-7. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, you may still need to use a lubricant, even though you're using the moisturizer. So that's a possibility. Um, another possibility, and I would talk to the physician just to see, you know, is this the right thing for me to try? Is there any reason I should not be trying it? Uh, the physician may have experiences with one moisturizer and may want to recommend one over another for you. So I would definitely have that conversation. And the third is, and this, you know, like emphasizing again, not a medical doctor, uh, would be to use topical estrogen. And I know, you know, in saying that, there are going to be people listening, going like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, I'm taking medication to get rid of all the estrogen in my body. But my understanding is that if estrogen is applied topically, just the first part of the entrance of the vagina, that it can help everything get juicier and moister and more comfortable, and that it doesn't circulate, not much of that circulates in the bloodstream. But that definitely is a conversation to have with your doctor. And I know, you know, some women, even in having that conversation with their physician, will still say, I'm not comfortable using that. So, you know, it's up to you, uh, you and your doctor and conversation that you have about that. That's interesting. I've never even heard of that. Would that be a prescription? Yeah, that would definitely be a prescription. Um, And there are different ways of applying it. Uh, You know, I know a lot of women get like a tube of estrogen cream and they get like a little applicator, sometimes just putting it in just at the entrance to the vagina 
can be helpful. But again, you know, uh, that's a prescription medication and you'd want to talk with your doctor. You know, some of that is going to have to do with the particular kind of history that you have, the particular kind of breast cancer that you have, you know, and so on. There is one other possibility. This one also controversial. (laughs) It's using laser. So it's using an internal laser. And this is also, you know, not over the counter for sure, but there are pelvic floor physical therapists who do this kind of laser treatment and physicians who do it as well. And it helps the vagina produce collagen and that makes intercourse more comfortable. There has been some research that came out that said, you know, we don't know why this works or if it's really working. Why is it that some women have a good result from this and some women have no result? It's also expensive. I don't think it's covered by insurance. So, you know, you're looking at over a grand out of pocket for something where you're like, you know, is this going to actually be effective? But it's, again, it's something to have a conversation with your physician about. These are all fascinating. I mean, lasers. I know. Right? Who would have thought, you know, we do lasers or treatments on our face to help produce collagen, but hey, I guess we can do it in other areas too. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So the laser, is that what you always hear about, especially on, you know, reality TV shows with, with women who are getting this? Is it the vaginal rejuvenation? Is that? Yes. What this, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. vaginal rejuvenation. Vaginal rejuvenation. Right. And it sounds right right off the bat, it sounds gimmicky. But you know, when I was in practice, there were women who told me that was the best thing. It really worked. It really helped. I also had women coming in and saying they might have well put a popsicle stick. Like where, <laughs> where are we into the vagina, you know, like it has no effect at all. Uh, <laughs> and again, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody really has the 911 as to why that is. So more research needed in that area, definitely something you'd want to talk with a physician about. It might be just the operator, you know, the person who is actually doing the procedure. Maybe some are have better training than others or better understand, you know, how to go about getting a good result. So I would definitely talk to a physician about that. That would be scary to have operator error on your vagina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, for sure. For sure. What is something, you know, we like to really get real, as you know, on this show. So I just have to ask, what are some of the things that you have seen that may be a little bit off the wall that you would advise against 100% or maybe some misconceptions that women or even couples bring to you where you're like, no, that doesn't really work. That's a myth. It's not something that would be the right thing. Yeah. Well, I would say if we're going to get real, I would say spit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're exploring down there, I mean, if you really talking, need, you know, like, if there's really nothing off. else. Yeah. Right? You could start off with some sex. Maybe that's the cheap version of location. 
<laughs> for some folks all right, right so you've got you know, it has bacteria in it we don't really want to take you know like so anyway you know i can't really think of anything you know things like vaseline are kind of thick and unctuous and not very nice you know you don't want to use something like that or like i said using things that burn i learned my lesson as a psychologist i'm almost embarrassed to say that i did this but i gave a sample of it was kind of a lubricant but it was meant for helping women to get more blood flow to the to the vulva and to the vagina and just get everything like more aroused and i had a sample i had a woman complaining i said here try this you know somebody had given me a bunch of samples try this it burned it burned like crazy she calls her doctor and i went oh my god i'm never giving out anything to anybody ever again you know forget it so that's why as a psychologist i'm very careful and cautious to recommend any particular one and of course people can be allergic to almost anything so you know you do want to maybe uh even with the lube just do like a little test you know, just put a little bit on maybe, you know, on one side on your labia there and, and rub it in and see, you know, is, is, does this feel comfortable to you? I'd try it out a little bit before you slather on a whole bunch of something that is going to feel unpleasant. I remember my daughter had some, she's eight years old, but a couple of years ago, she had this lotion. I don't know where she got it. It's like, sparkle and shine. It gives you a glow and tingles. Oh, holy shit, man. It, it burned. Now this is just body lotion. So I can only imagine oh, what yeah. else is in on the market in the sexual area. It burned like crazy. And I could, I could not scratch and rub it off oh. at all. So I oh, can only imagine oh. some of the products that are out there to help enhance or the, where they market, this can help enhance, increase blood flow to the vaginal area and so forth. Right. Right. So right. all, all yeah. great tips, but little things too, yeah. like watching what soap you use, you know, like maybe it didn't bother you before, but now that your own chemistry has changed, you know, like avoiding scented soaps and even scented laundry detergents, just keep everything healthy. Yeah. You don't even think about some of that stuff. Your skin completely dries out. I was oily. Now I'm dry. I had to replace my face soap, lotions. You're right. And we oftentimes, you know, we forget about that, that that's skin too. Right. Yes. Yes. And it's a, it's actually a special kind of skin. The skin that is around the entrance to the vagina is different than skin on any place else in the body, which is really interesting. And mm. somebody explained it as like, it's sort of like the tide pool area between internal, your internal body and your external body. So it's delicate area and it needs TLC sometimes. Boy, does it. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's TLC and among many things that it needs. <laughs> so if I were to summarize, the four things we discussed here was number one, lubrication, and you expanded on different areas or different types and things to consider when purchasing. Number two would be a moisturizer, which I had never even heard of, but a vaginal moisturizer for women. Then number three, a little bit more maybe invasive, but also more discussion with some physicians, uh, your physician to know is a prescription-based, perhaps estrogen-based to help there. And then of course, the last one, which is invasive would be maybe the idea of lasers or right. the whole concept of vaginal rejuvenation. Yes. 
podcast. Well, this is wonderful. I greatly appreciate it. Dr. Bueller, we just always appreciate your expertise and your openness. We just know that this is so important. And, you know, we hope to help other women and, and husbands and partners really sort of think about things in a way that's more loving and gentle for themselves. So we always thank you. You are so welcome. And for our listeners, if you'd like to receive more information or look up a little bit more on Dr. Stephanie Bueller, you can look up the Bueller Institute or learn at sextherapy.com. Thank you, Dr. Bueller. So Dr. Stephanie Bueller is just always amazing. And, you know, she keeps talking about how physicians and the medical community really don't know about these things. So we're just so lucky to have her because there is hope out there. And I've never thought about anything other than any sort of lubrication. So things like vaginal rejuvenation and even these estrogen prescriptions, I've never even heard of that. And then what was the other thing that she had just mentioned that was amazing? Well, those, uh, the vaginal moisture, oh, you know, I the was moisture. talking about the cream I put on my face and I don't know, I guess, I guess we're going to go a little lower and moisturize the, <laughs> the vaginal canal. Yeah, I never heard of that before. I haven't either. I don't know what the return policy would be when you're trying out all of these things. I guess it would be the same. <laughs> But I mean, at least you can try out all these things, but how amazing is that? But, you know, it's challenging when, you know, your doctors don't even, even talk to you about any of that kind of stuff. So I'm just loving that we have her as part of our team to provide a lot of this insight for us. She did mention that silicone-based lubricants are similar to WD-40. I do want to say, please, ladies and gents, don't pull out the WD-40. Listen to some of the things that Dr. Bueller was talking about and pay attention to things that you know, don't cause bacteria that are made specifically for this. Maybe don't go outside the box so much. That's why, you know, it's so great that we have her because we're not going this alone, right? And as always, we recommend that as we get more into like prescription stuff or laser, you certainly do talk about your physicians because there could be something there that's contraindicated with the specific type of breast cancer that you're experiencing. But all in all, I think it was wonderful to hear specific solutions even calling out some names, just different areas you can go to and turn to, because that's the one deficit I see with the medical oncology field. As fantastic as they are, their number one goal is to keep you alive with minimal side effects and to be able to have a greater quality of life. And some of these details, I think we were able to get some answers here from Dr. Bueller today, which was wonderful. Now, how are you feeling about moist? <laughs> moist, <laughs> like a cake I just baked last week. It's moist. Don't use that on your vagina. <laughs> I don't know. He might like eating down there. It is my dessert, right? Are you saying? <laughs> right. Yeah, a little funfetti. <laughs> little funfetti confetti birthday cake. <laughs> I know he would where. probably love it. He would probably love it. <sighs> All right. On that note, we want to thank everyone for being here. And if you have any questions, comments, or just want to reach out to me or Leah, please email us at info at breastcancerunleashed.com. That is info at breastcancerunleashed.com. We will see you all soon. <laughs>